Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. And it's all right and it's coming on. We gotta get right back to where we started from. That's right, my Isles, my New York Islanders, have tied the series at three. We're going to Tampa for a game seven. We're gonna get into that and a whole lot more on this episode of BSH Radio. So let's lead it off, as we always do, with the introductions. Let's start things off with Charlie O'Connor. Okay, so... Breaking news here, because this would be quite possibly the funniest thing ever. Pierre Lebrun just tweeted something that is truly incredible. A dick pic? One name that is surfaced as a possibility for the head coach job with Expansion Seattle is that of Dave Haxtell, the former Flyers head coach. Who was assistant coach with the Maple Leafs this past season. Oh my god. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Do it. Please. Do this it, Kraken. content that I crave. I feel like, like Namita has to be in the front office like, Ron, please listen to me. Listen to me. Don't do this. My crops, they're dying. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, this no. is, this is better than drugs. They really don't learn a single lesson ever in their lives. I'm like, of all the names, this is better than drugs. <laughs> I, I, I like Dave fucking Hackstall. I Charlie, you made my whole day. <laughs> <laughs> Please, God, like I'm watching. I'm watching the Vegas Golden Knights in the Final Four for like the third time in their four year existence or whatever the hell it is. And uh, you know what we don't have to worry about that if fucking Seattle hires Dave Hackstall. <laughs> You know, it it would oh, be extremely Jesus. it would be extremely Philadelphia though if like he became a great coach there. Like how like fucking um the 
the guy who was the Phillies manager, Kapler, how, like, his team's doing really well this year. It would be so Philadelphia if, like, a guy who was objectively poor at his job in Philadelphia suddenly becomes good elsewhere. There's Terry Flyers Francona. fans have already decided that there's Flyers fans that have already decided that Dave Haxall was actually good, and it was the team and the players that were bad. So it's just Terry Francona, right Craig Berube. It just it's a a long and John great Stevens. history. But there's no Andy Reid, like, Terry Frank, Terry Francona. Like you know what he did? Leave Kurt Schilling in games. He didn't let me pitch. Like there's no fucking way. I don't believe in a higher power, but if he's up there, there's a 0% chance God would allow Dave Haxtell to have success in the NHL. There's none. It's a sure thing now. There's there's no way. Well, the problem is that now he's been, Ron inserted him into the group, the closed group of players that that can be considered for a head coaching job. He's one of the 200, yeah. Now he's one of the guys, like those are the only guys you can pick from. So now that he's had a head coaching job, he can be a head coach again. Doesn't matter how bad he was, he got to pick one of those guys. So we can thank Ron Hextall for this. I so am stunned. It it looks like they're it, gonna hire. It him. is very stunning. I am That's stunned. Like, this is is this really gonna happen? Dave, what if he has Dave, success? Dave, Dave, Dave. All the insiders are tweeting it. Like this is gonna happen. If he, I'm going if to he, die. Say they have like a good I'm not saying they go to the Stanley Cup final as an expansion team or whatever. Say they have success. Does it further change your view of this era of Flyers hockey? Like are they even more of a of failures <laughs> because this guy did something? No. I no. I mean it's possible yeah, like, that he's he's the one it's possible that, like, he could get better as a coach. You know, sometimes coaches, the first go-around, you know, aren't very good, and then they do some soul-searching and improve and actually do a better job their second time. Maybe he could do that. But, man, he wasn't I mean, that good G- here. If a GM doesn't give him Chris Vandevelde and Andrew McDonald, I suppose he could show great signs of improvement. Like, if they just don't have bad players for him to fall mm. in love with, like, his last night, I will, it's the funniest thing ever. Like, the, uh, the, and we've already spent way too much goddamn time on this, but. <laughs> it's pretty big <laughs> news, okay? Rockin- it's pretty, like. It's the day yeah, No, it, it really is. Like, the Latera for Limblom scratch on his final oh night. Oh my god, like, I will never, stand. never like, forget that. His, like. Custer's last stand, <laughs> him fucking scratching. He died. Limblom for Latera on that. Like, he, he, yeah, he, he died, died as he lived on that hill. Like he died as he lived. That's legitimately <laughs> scratching that's, that's good players for bad there. ones. A principal. Legitimately, man. the hill he died on was Latera for Limblom. Like, uh, there's just no way. Ooh. There's no way. God, he can't possibly be good. Best sport, possibly. <laughs> An all star along the They're, boards. Actually, it's Claude Giroux's fault. Dave Haxtell is bad. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, that's gonna be my take like a month into this season <laughs> when they're fucking undefeated. I but. just, I, I think the the mind boggling part for me is how many 
objectively good head coaches are available. Like he's 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 right there. And Gallant was there. Like, yeah, Yeah. he got hired recently, but like they could have went for him. Like, yeah, he's with the Rangers now, but Seattle could have hired him a month ago. They could have before the Rangers decided to like blow up their entire organization. I wish everybody listening could see the look of pure shock and joy on Charlie's face. (laughs) It's like he just it's like he was just given a car for Christmas or like it's 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 absolutely beautiful. All right, we have to move along because I could do two hours on this. Um, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I'm glad you mentioned your new favorite team, the New York Islanders, because I am just uh, I'm so tired of NHL <laughs> officiating. It, it's it's. Hate, Easy to blame refs for hate things. Hate the game, not the player. Here's the thing, though. Why not both? It's yeah, exactly. It's become abundantly clear that the whole reason why we have to sit through this tough guys win in the playoffs, not skill players narrative because every single fucking year is because the refs want. let the skill players get mugged and injured and cross-checked in the head and they let the tough guys do their gritty nonsense and don't call anything in the name of game management which we're told they're not supposed to be doing and it's just at this point if your playoffs are going on you're in the not conference finals of your playoffs and the (laughs) only thing that people are talking about on social media are the officials like you've got a problem nhl and I just ignore just it. Be, I, well, yeah, but it, it I am look, like the I am like the officials. I just yes, I don't give a fuck. Like it's almost <laughs> like what is the point of getting a bunch of good players? You'll have a very good regular season because they might call penalties then. But then when you get into the playoffs, your good players aren't allowed to be good anymore because that's not fair to the bad team. Doesn't make any I sense. I mean, listen, I agree, and I think this league no, no, has no, no, a no, lot. No, just stop. No, this league this league does make a lot of mistakes in that regard. However, Tampa Bay is in the final four for the fifth time in seven years. Would we all agree that they are an incredibly skilled team? Of course they are. And the the better team doesn't always win in hockey. That is one of the best things. However, Yeah, there's a goalie. Lots of dumb shit happens you regardless. You shouldn't have the refs. The refs' goal in a playoff game shouldn't be to even out the talent of the two teams on the ice by letting the bad one do more penalties than the good one. Like, that's not how it should be. If, if Tampa Bay is so much better than the Islanders that their skilled players just knock them out completely, that's how it goes. But you got to call the penalties. And it's not even just, like, little stuff. We're not even talking about, like, little slashes or little hooking things or minor interference. We're talking cross checks to the face no, yeah, on a regular basis it's getting a little silly there's shit that people get thrown out for going on regularly yes. like well, the ref's just looking I, at it i will never the the gloved punch with the ref staring at it like i will just <laughs> never get over wayne simmons being assessed it was revoked but wayne simmons was assessed a match penalty for knocking ryan mcdonough the fuck out with a gloved punch and it just happens all the time and nothing happens. It's just silly. Uh, but, like, I guess, listen, it's not the Islanders' fault that that's the way the game is called. Like, is it wrong? Yes, but it is the truth. So, 
they do it. I, Matt Barzell's incredibly skilled. He's out there making things happen. He's the one. He's the one. And that voice you just heard, I want a short skirt and a Steve jacket. <laughs> it's Steve Jaco. <laughs> Kelly, I think that's actually the philosophy the Broad Street Bullies were founded on. Let's get away with yeah. whatever the hell you can. Let's yeah, just let's, beat the fuck out of them. Let's, yeah, let's do that again, because that'll definitely work. Listen, it's 1975, <laughs> and the Flyers just need to get big. I'll hang up and listen. No, wh- what I actually came here to say is I can't believe we're actually looking down the barrel of this Montreal Canadiens-New York Islanders Stanley Cup final. This is just horrifying. We're truly like, in the darkest gonna timeline. Happen. It's going to happen, and it's going to suck. Like, ESPN is just sweating bullets looking at this, thinking about, like, well, actually, no, they, it's all, it's bottoms it out for them to just grow the game from there. The thing is, yeah, though, like, like the Habs have been objectively fun, I think. I think the Habs have been fun. They're fun. Like, the, the Islanders play boring hockey except for Mark Barzell, but the Island, I mean, the, the Habs have been fun to watch, yeah, I think. I think they've been, they, they play fast. I mean, they had, yeah. they've had to slow it down a little bit just because if they try to play fast against Vegas, Vegas will own them. But I, th- I think they're pretty fun. Yeah. And the Isles, as I said last week, like the thing with the Isles is, is that when the Isles are playing well, they are playing fun. They're making the other team really boring, but they're playing. They're playing a counterattacking game. The thing is, is that if you want to beat the Isles, you have to be boring, too. You just have to basically outboring them. And then the game is fucking unwatchable unless they give up eight goals, which was quite yeah, fun. Yeah. Unless you open it up. Unless you open it up for eight. I enjoyed well, that what, immensely. Here's the thing about. Here's the thing. It, this this series doesn't get decided on aggregate. It's only one game. They can just throw that in the fucking garbage can like they did and then win the next one and the series is even. And this is where I want to start today. It's it's these goddamn these goddamn playoffs which are just so fucking hilarious at this point. Like Steve said, we're getting Isles Canadiens and man, I tweeted it like when these two teams qualified for the final four. But I thought there was no chance. I was like, okay, the party's over. They're running into Vegas. They're running into Tampa. It's all ha-ha until you play the like two of the three actually elite teams in the fucking NHL. And Vegas eliminated the other, the, the third actually elite team. But no, the Habs have a 3-2 lead. Isles are up, or the Isles are tied. We're going to get this. Like, it's going to be... Habs and fucking Isles. I I I still don't think how, the Isles. Are how is this seven. happening? I really don't. Tampa's I, I really don't think seven. the Isles are going to win games. Yeah, no doubt. I I I wanna I wanna say that because like Tampa's the best team left. I think by far. Um, but why why would things work out now? Like this is this is, <laughs> this is the earth we live on. <laughs> like if we are gonna get the most ridiculous possible matchup and i think this is honestly it um I, I, i'm baffled i really am baffled i get that the game isn't called the right way in the playoffs i just still i still don't understand how we're here like now they have to be actually good teams and they're doing it it's i mean wild. like the, the fucking last night's game I, like scott mayfield scores like a ridiculous angle wrister he's not good like scott mayfield how did that even happen my mind (laughs) 
No, the announcer said, like, Barzell's name, like, I, I wasn't looking when they scored. I was looking at my phone, obviously, because I live in there. Uh, <laughs> and the announcers, the announcer said Barzell's name, like, eight times during the replay, so I just assumed it was him who went fucking bar down. And no, when they show the replay... He made the play happen, but it was Scott fucking Mayfield. And, and of course, the <laughs> the irony, and this is like the, like, I want to punch myself in the face irony. Scott Mayfield's also the guy who won the first shift of the game injured Nikita Kucherov. And then the hockey gods <laughs> reward him, like reward him by giving him the game-tying goal in ridiculous fashion. Like, yeah, we, we live in a world where there's absolutely no justice whatsoever, and we're all going to fucking die alone. So yes. the uh, the biggest story coming out of the uh, the the huge victory at the old barn for my New York Islanders last night was uh, fans. It's it's just so fun now. Like <laughs> I have adopted them because Charlie and I argued about them. That's a good enough but, reason, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it it really. It's this is how I live my life. Um, the biggest story coming out of that game was fans throwing shit on the ice after a victory, which I found hilarious. Uh, why was this such a big deal? Like, Who cares? Well, I mean, throwing, throwing, Who well, throwing, cares? I know, throwing exactly. full on beer cans while their own players well, were on the ice. That was a big fucking mistake, in my, my opinion. Like, what if you nail Barzell in the head and then you lose game seven? God. You're going to feel like a real asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be funny. It was a real possibility like this. There was a real possibility, like they weren't like aiming. <laughs> like after you had forty of those for seven dollar Bud Lights, like you can't really aim that well. I don't know. I thought it was stupid as shit. I think it's stupid as hell to throw a full beer. Like drink your beer, dummy. <laughs> well, that's true. I, I I I understand. Like you know, beer shower after a big victory, like. I understand wanting to participate in the celebration. Throwing shit's a lot of fun. It does seem don't, a little silly. Don't do it when your players throw. are on the ice. Like, that's what got me. Like, wait till they're off. Throw whatever the I, hell you I was, want. So I was at Quizzo last night, so I wasn't, like, like checking Twitter a lot. Did a lot of people make the necessary joke of, wow, I'm like, shocked they shipped a bunch of Philadelphia fans up yep. there for this game? Because that's a necessary oh, joke that has to be made. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Let's talk about the bracelets, guys. Let's get into the fucking bracelets. Like, give me a goddamn break. (laughs) It it appeared to be, like, it appeared to be a lot of, like, the Miller Lite aluminum cans, which seems dangerous. Right, that was what got me, like... You have to admit, like, throwing an empty beer can, like, there's not a lot of weight behind it, so it's kind of impressive to, like, launch that onto the ice. Yeah, and that was the most offensive part to me, was, like, it didn't appear many of them were empty. <laughs> and at that point in the game, like, they've stopped beer sales for quite a while. It's like yeah. when you're in an extra innings baseball game and they show the crowd and someone's drinking a beer. I'm going to be like, where the fuck did you get that? And let me get one. Yeah, it's got to be, uh, like, but, piss warm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I just... It, it's probably, like you guys said, Tampa's winning Game 7, and if I had to put money on it right now, I'd say Tampa, because they're so much better. But that's probably the that's probably the last game at Nassau. I get it. You, you wanted to participate in the fun, but maybe don't throw full beer cans at your plane. <laughs> I guess they were just treating it like the dump it is. I was going to say, they're just like, uh, this is a garbage can. I'm glad we never have to come back here again. It's... 
it's there. Like, come on. The Spectrum was a dump, and we loved it. The loved Vet it. was a dump, and we loved it. Like, it's fun to have a dump. The the nice new place is cool. I wish the Flyers played in a, in a silly dump like the <laughs> Islanders do. That's why you need the Spectrum room, guys. Resurrect it. <laughs> That's when, when they were closing the Spectrum, like, going to games there, walking around, it was like, oh, man, I do miss this place. But it is very obvious why they're closing this shithole. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's you know. You there's one. I, I've I've covered games there, and like it is a shithole. But it's it's an it's neat. It's it has it's that got like character. it's got it definitely has character. Like it's oh, yeah. it, it has Spectrum vibes, which like anybody who ever went to a game of the Spectrum knows like how, that feel. Like it's 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 a cool place. So like I understand why, even though objectively it's a dump, why the fans are so attached to it. Old old hockey arenas are objectively better for watching hockey. Yeah. Yeah. So No, yeah. there's there's four levels at the spectrum and everybody pisses in the basement. That's what I love. <laughs> like nobody nobody's better than anybody at the spectrum. Because if you gotta take a piss, you better get downstairs. Like <laughs> that's it's it's the same for everyone, and that's what I really appreciate about that place. Alright, so we have a we do have a an elimination game tonight as well. Vegas and Montreal. Fucking Montreal, I agree. They are, they have been a lot of fun, and this has been quite a journey for them. Uh, I, you know, they beat Toronto, who's uh, the paper tiger of all paper tigers. They beat Winnipeg, who's, like, terrible. And then it's like, yeah, Vegas, you know, one of the great teams. And now they're up on them. How the fuck is this happening? Like, it, again, I thought, like, okay, you had your fun, but now the party's over. And tonight, it could be over for Vegas, who is one of the three best teams in the league. Um, what the fuck am I watching? It's <laughs> a great question. I don't know. And I-, I love that Vegas has the old like goalie identity crisis that the Flyers had a few years back with two good goalies. It's yeah, right. That gets me there. Yeah. They can't pick the right great one. <laughs> they can't pick the right Vezina candidate. Uh, d- let me ask you, like, I-, I understand just wanting to get Flurry a little rest, and they did it, um, you know, they did it coming out of the, uh, the first round series. They played Laner just in game one, basically tossed game one away against Colorado. But after Laner has the, uh, the game he had against Montreal, how do you go back to Flurry? Like, that seems wrong. It's not goalies. That's Regardless of what goalie they start, they can't score. And a team that can't score already playing against Carey Price, like, it's going to be difficult for you. But how do you go with Laner there? So I think... Or how do you go with Flurry there? So so my my understanding, and this is, like, more or less what it looked like in practice and whatnot... I think there's the same thing happened in the in the series against Colorado where they went with Laner in game 1 and he got shelled and then they went right back to Flair in game 2 and and I think a lot of people were like well they just went back to Flair in game 2 because Laner got shelled. But I honestly think that like what we're forgetting about Marc-Andre Fleury because he had such a good year is that he's pretty old. And I really yeah, he's 100 years yeah, old. And I really think a lot of this is just that they don't want to overwork him. So I really believe Laner playing that game was less about the fact that Flair gave up one of the most hilarious goals I've ever seen to, to let Montreal tie at the game before, and more about the fact that like when they see him getting tired, they have to sit him. But the plan is never like, 
well, we're sitting you because you played poorly, and then the other guy might take your job. It's always, we're sitting you to give you a rest, but you're still the guy for this playoff run. So I really think that's what happened here, is that they played Laner not because they were pissed at Flurry, but because it was like, we got to give yeah. him a couple days off. He's getting a little drink, getting a little drink, getting a little gas. But like, we're gonna make it clear to both guys before Laner plays that this is a one-time thing. If you make sixty saves in a shutout, it doesn't matter. You're only in for one game, so make it count. Imagine I, having I, I, that luxury in the playoffs <laughs> to be able to flip flop your goalies. <laughs> well, Sounds not nice. just like it's not because like Ryan Parent fucking I was fell say, on Ryan Boucher and wouldn't get word, off of him. As soon as the words left my mouth, I had a flashback, and I was like, "No, it's not. It's not good." Don't was that, was do it that. Parent? <laughs> I feel like it was Parent. I but mean, I, I blame him for me. everything from that era, so that sounds yeah. right. Parent or Crycheck, yeah. one of those two. <clears throat> two minutes. So I have, I have some good funny troll stuff here. Um, you? This is just for Charlie. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> with with these Montreal. With these Montreal Canadiens having this magical run, and they're a game away from uh, the Stanley Cup final, which is, I just, again, we're living in an alternate reality. Our boy Cole Caulfield, who went one pick after Cam York, three goals, five assists, and 14 playoff games so far. How in the fuck did they think it was prudent to scratch him to start these playoffs? That's hilarious. What, I mean, he's what, very like, small, Bill. So yeah, you know. like that's the thing. If he was two inches taller, would he have played the first whatever two three games? Yeah, like, probably. Is that's that correct. what we're yeah. talking about? Works, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's he an NHL would have gone in the top five in the draft. So. In all, in all yeah. honesty, I am not, and like I am a defender of the Montreal Canadiens. I think they're a good team. I think they're a better team than a lot of people gave them credit for entering the playoffs. I don't think their coach is that good. Like I, I still. I still think they're kind of coasting off of Claude Julien's systems, which were very good, and they're just going to keep kind of rolling on that. But I'm not convinced that, like, this guy is actually a really good evaluator of talent. Habs fans are ready to fire him in the first round, yeah. so yeah. I tend to agree. But that's, a, like, I, I agree that they're, they're better than the regular season they had, and we saw them in the playoffs last year, and they were a tough out. Like, they... They had speed, uh, they, they have some depth, uh, good blue line, but how, how did they have the regular season they had in that division and then do this? Carey like, Price. Price, is it Price real, not is, being is that, that good. All it is? I like, mean, that was part of it. Price played like... He didn't play great. I don't think he was awful. He just didn't play nearly this good. They had a weird season he wasn't because Carey like... Price, yeah. if If you remember... They actually started out the season incredibly. Like they were, there were yeah. like tweets about like they were the best team in the North Division, and oh my God, look at the great offseason Mark Bergevin had, which I do think he had a good offseason. But like there was a lot of like hype around that team, and then they just collapsed, and that's when they fired Julian. And I just feel like there was, it just was one of those like turmoil seasons. Where, you know, the goalie isn't playing that well. You change coaches midstream. So you got that like, okay, well, we got to figure out what we are now under a new coach. And sometimes those types of situations, a team just underachieves a bit. And I think that's more or less what happened with Montreal. It was just a weird season for in an already weird season because of the nature of this season. But I always think they were a good team. The big thing was, was that if price is price again, they're dangerous. And then the playoffs hit and price flipped the switch and now he's price again. And holy shit. Also, their penalty kill got a lot better in the playoffs. And I, I don't, 
I don't know enough about what was wrong with the penalty kill in the regular season, but it's been really freaking good in the playoffs, and that's allowed them to kind of deal with the fact that, like, their power play is never going to be that great. So, a couple things, but, yeah, I just think it was a weird season. They changed coaches. Price wasn't that good, and, you know, shit happens. So, Carey Price was just lulling everybody to sleep, just saying, like, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, I'm not that good anymore. Surprise! I'm still awesome! Load managing. That's, I, uh, you know, Kelly, you, you say he was just load managing as a joke, but, you know. I just wanted to say managing his load. Yeah, it's. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's not untrue. No, it's like, not. I, I don't think he had a bad season on purpose, but if you're a goalie of that, of that ilk at a certain age, like we're talking about flurry running out of gas, you know. It looks like Carey Price has plenty left in the tank right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's about to win a Conn Smythe Award, for fuck's sake. Which, I, I, I can't remember who tweeted it yesterday, but someone was like, I can't wait for the, uh, for the think pieces on, actually, Carey Price's contract is awesome. After, just because of one playoff run. Like, it's, it's happening, oh, it's we're a, gonna see it. People are writing mm-hmm. them already. They're all, oh, they're saved in drafts, they're written. It's, they're just waiting, they're just waiting to be sent. Uh, so uh, another fun troll thing. We already know in the 2017 draft, the Flyers had the second pick and got a bust. And picks three, four, and five, Heiskin and McCarr and Pedersen are legit superstars. Well, let's add another one to the list. The Flyers, uh. until they won this bullshit, uh, until they won this bullshit draft lottery in 2017, were supposed to be picking 13th. Well, guess who went 13th overall? A guy girl? named Nick, a guy named Nick Suzuki, oh. who currently leads Montreal in goals, tied for the team lead with five, and he's hmm. second on the team in points with thirteen. Hmm. It is why a, it's extremely why flyers. Is, why is the world like this? For that, why for do they do this to me? Because the Flyers the beat everybody up in the seventies, and then the hockey gods bad. have decided to just punish us ever since. That's where we are. Winning the lottery was actually bad. Someone retweeted our draft party where we thought we were getting Cole Caulfield and then they said Cam York's name. Someone retweeted that video into my timeline the other day and I was uh, sad. So I saw that. I couldn't. Oh, go ahead, Charlie. No, I was going to say um, what really kills me in particular about Nick Suzuki is that like not only was he the guy that got taken with the pick the Flyers would have had if they not jumped up like before the Flyers won that draft flyer, like he was the guy I wanted at 13. It was him and him and Tolvanen. Tol- and Those were the two guys. And like, either one would have been better. Fucking hell! <laughs> I really like Nick Suzuki. He's a really good player. Is he well, short? Would they have taken him anyway? I can't yeah, remember probably. how tall he is. I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I mean, like, he's like five eleven, so he's not big. His big thing, Suzuki's one of those guys. He's like a fucking like Braden Point, where mm-hmm. he was. His numbers in juniors were awesome, but it was like, well, he's not big, and he's not fast enough to overcome the fact that he's not that big. It's like, yeah, but he's really, really good. Lo and behold, in the NHL, he's still really, really good. Imagine that. Good players are good. Oomst could have predicted. And, uh, like, he's not, he's 5'11", so he's not little, but... You know, in the playoffs, you can duck under all the cross checks if you're a little guy. <laughs> like maybe it's maybe it's actually a small man's game if they have to punch down to punch you. Like maybe, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this this whole thing is so goddamn ridiculous. It's almost like speed is I... good. <laughs> Some would say. I love speed, guys. Right. Put that on the record. All right. Uh, we're going to take... Uh, is that it? Do we have anything else? Oh, yeah. Picks. Picks for, game, for the game tonight. Uh, most people will listen after this, but it's fun for posterity. It's an elimination game. Montreal could move on to the fucking Stanley Cup final after tonight's game over the Vegas Golden Knights. Who you got? Game Habs. six. I'm going Habs. I... <sighs> I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Golden Knights. I think this is going seven. But like, man, it's just I didn't get a chance to mention this when you guys were talking about the series. But like, Vegas is so frustrated right now. Like, I mean, as as good yeah. as Mark Stone was in in that Colorado series, and he was amazing. Like, he's a mess in this series. Like, they their best players. They're it just looks like they're it, they look like the same way that Toronto looked the last couple games of that series. Where like they just they can't they can't come to grips with the fact that they're losing, and it's like this isn't the way it was supposed to happen, and they just look like they're a goddamn mess. Can I? Can I? Can I? It's official now. <laughs> like Dave, is, Dave is officially the coach. Hack is the coach. Hack, I'm hack, fucking screaming. Hack. I'm gonna die. Oh my I'm god. I'm gonna die. Oh like does god. this? Okay. Now here's a here's a legit question out of this because we are we are hoping that uh one of the flyers big bigger contracts is selected in the, in the expansion draft. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well that's <laughs> exactly. Uh I don't believe uh Jake Voracek was the biggest oh, fan God. was the biggest fan of Dave Haxtell. Uh I don't believe Dave Haxtell was the biggest fan of Shane Gostisbehere. Does this change what you think could happen at this expansion draft? Like, is JVR the only possible option at this point? Well, I can tell you one person they're probably not going to take because Dave fucking loved him, Nick Aubey Cubell. Man, he was a big Aubey Cubell fan, right? Played him for oh, like yeah. f- four minutes in 10 games when Hextall called him up and it was like, nah, I don't want this guy. Sorry, I'd much rather play Yuri Laterra. So how much of an input do you think the head coach gets on this? In, in, in all honesty, that that was more of a joke. Like, yeah, they might still take all the. I know. I'm I, just I, I, I do believe that the the front. I mean, I'm sure the coach will have some input, but the thing is, like, they've been working on the expansion draft for months and months and months. Right. Yeah, so, they've been doing it for two years. Yeah. I mean, they'll. I'm sure they'll take some input from Hack on the Flyers players because, like, he coached a good portion of them. But yeah. uh, you know. I, I think it's more going to be like the front office is like, here's the team, you coach it. Yeah. One would hope. <laughs> One would hope. Uh, like, yes, but I, like if they have it narrowed down to three guys, I could see them being like, which one don't you want to? Like, you're not going to play who? <laughs> like, that's how I phrase it. Okay, when we go and spend $8 million on Jake Voracek, are you going to put him in the lineup or should we look elsewhere? Like, I, I, I can see that I can see that being part of the conversation. Uh I what I'm what I'm excited about though is my boy, Tyrell. Tyrell Goldborn's gonna get another chance and <laughs> thank God. You know, it's been too long since we've seen him in the NHL. Yeah, has it? Hey man. 
He's got NHL legs. That's why they drafted him. All right, we are going to take a uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back on the other side to talk about this depressing fucking orange and black team. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, fam, we are back, and as promised, it's time to talk a little Philadelphia Flyers. Did I actually even get everyone's pick for that game six? I don't actually think I followed through I, I did not get uh, – I'm going Vegas. I think they win like four to two or something, but I'm not confident in this pick. I'm picking them, but I'm not confident. Yeah, I uh, I think – I think that, that game that game five loss killed them. Like, I think it's over. I, I don't Do think really? they have it in them to win. Yeah, like that looked like it. If – once they fell behind, it just it just looked ugly for them. I just and I have it. I I heard from uh, somebody with a few sources that two quote unquote top forwards for Vegas are playing through major injuries. Charlie's point about Mark Stone, I believe it's him. Uh, I believe yeah. it's him and Stevenson. I believe well, it's Stevenson. Him and Stevenson. Definitely is. Yeah, Stevenson. Yeah, he, I mean he Stevenson's playing hurt. We yeah. that's clear. Yeah, uh, that's pretty obvious, and that's like we're talking about two thirds of their top line. And if that line's going to be ineffective, it allows now that they're back in Montreal. Well, it allows the Dano line to just play matchups with the misfit line, and then they're going to squeeze the fuck out of this game. Vegas already can't score. Two of their top forwards are hurt. It's it's going to be the Carey Price show, I think. Good for him. Yeah, it's. <laughs> everything whenever one of these veteran goalies does something i'm like all right i have the rest of carter hart's career to look forward to like that's at least we have that all right let's talk about them philadelphia flyers and let's let's dip into some rumor and innuendo because why the fuck not who what's more fun than a good rumor um matt kachuk once out of calgary the flyers need to the Flyers need to get tougher. I don't know of two better trade partners than the Flyers and the Flames at this point. Just like two serial underachievers. When you look at their rosters, you go, yeah, I'd take like a lot of these players. Um, why don't they just take players from each other? I really, really want Makachuk now. Like, I think he's exactly what, like, they need a lot, obviously. They're, they had a really bad season. They need a lot. But Makachuk just seems like, exactly what they need it would check a lot of boxes that's for sure i would not be mad about that move but you have to imagine that calgary is going to get a lot of phone calls on that one so so i'm going to say this straight up i have heard that the idea that makachuk wants out of calgary is not true that is god just fucking wrong. damn it <laughs> um do not that's that said, um, Calgary does want to make changes, so, like, you never know. I mean, and Makachuk is exactly the type of player the Flyers could use. I mean, he brings that that grit element, but he's actually good. Um, 
he pisses people off, which would be fun to add to uh, you know to the Flyers. Absolutely, you know, add some some of that type of character to the team. Um, so yeah, I mean, get him if you can, obviously, and you know, I'd be willing to give up quite a lot for him. Um, but I do not think that this is a case of Makachuk forcing his way out of Calgary. I do not believe that that report is accurate. God damn it, Charlie! <laughs> can you imagine a, a trade with Calgary that didn't include Johnny? Like it would be like I'd I'd get the alert on my phone. Elliot Friedman would tweet like Flyers and Flames, and I'd open it and no Johnny. That would it would be both hilarious and bitterly disappointing. But they do have like a bunch of players I really like. So they got some good it, it ones. wouldn't be. I, I want we're the, gonna sign him in free agency after this season anyway. But I, I I would just like to get him here now. Like I want that to happen. That trade for somebody on the Flames that isn't Johnny Gaudreau, just to see like certain hot takes from local writers that are just like melt down because they've been waiting for this Johnny Gaudreau move forever. <laughs> uh, if he doesn't want out, that's. Uh... He doesn't seem, if I'm the Flames and I am a serial underachiever, like, I know it's wrong to want to trade your best guys, but it just seems like Chuck's one of the guys you'd want to hold on to. Like, he's you the type think. of dude, he's the type of dude you'd be like, yes, we need this. Even, like, is he their best player? No. Could he be better? Yeah. Could he have had better playoffs or whatever? Sure. But... I don't know, him and, uh, who's the one, Lindholm, like, it's, those are the ones I'd want to hold on to. Okay, Chuck would be killer on the Flyers' top six, like, it just, as you said, like, a guy who can draw penalties, piss people off, you know, basically everything we want Travis Konechny to consistently be, <laughs> when Travis Konechny yeah. is his best, he does that, but, you know, Chuck does that more consistently, at least Good as far as Travis Konechny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It makes me sad knowing it would be Travis Konechny as part of this trade. And I just, I still think he's got it. Like, I, I think he's going to be that player, but he's been so inconsistent. I just. He's going to be uh, better once Nolan Patrick is gone. I firmly believe, like a, I firmly believe <laughs> that Nolan Kel Patrick is dragging him down. The Kelly Hinkle conspiracy theory. Is it like. Mm -hmm. Is it like the Shen brothers, like Luke was bullying Braden, and once Luke was gone, Shen became a point-of-game player? I think that Travis Konechny thinks that Nolan Patrick is the cool guy, and so he wants to be, like, nonchalant and not give a fucky like Nolan Patrick, because that's cool. And as soon as that energy is gone, Travis Konechny will be fine. Who the hell thinks, like, why, like, tra Travis Konechny's actually good. Why would he think Nolan Patrick's the cool guy? Because <laughs> he's an idiot. <laughs> he's real, real dumb. That could be. That that could certainly be. <laughs> it's good top notch analysis from Kelly Ankle here. That's what I do here, folks. <laughs> so Charlie, oh what what do you think? Like uh, the Flames want to make changes. You don't believe in this uh, Kachuk wants out. It is so hard for me to say. I know it's Kachuk. Like I know it is. I know it's him and his brother. I know Keith. I know their name is Kachuk. It's so hard for me not to silence the K and pronounce the T. Like, uh, I want to say Tuchuk every Tuchuk, time. Tuchuk, no, it's been, yeah. Keith Kachuk has been a hockey player, like, for your entire your, your entire Why life. Why do you not yeah. know how to say Kachuk? It had that commercial, Bill. Just... The sound that the puck hits going to the back I... of the net. Kachuk. Kachuk. <laughs> he used to... <laughs> I, I used to trade for him in my NHL franchise every time. Same. I, I don't know. I don't... I don't know why I'm the way I am, but we could say that about, you know, a lot of things I do on this show. 
Um, to, to answer your question, though, Bill, I mean, I've always thought going into this offseason that the Flyers and Flames make a lot of sense as trade partners. And there's— qu- Like, they just fit. They really fit. I mean, both teams want to make changes to, to shake things up a bit. You know, they're both—I don't think the Flyers are in the same position as Calgary, but there's a, a lot of the same narratives— are surrounding both those teams the idea that like the mix is wrong and there needs to be changes but like there's the Gujar thing has always been fascinating to me because there's and I've said this on the show before like there's long been an assumption that when Goudreau hits UFA status that he's gonna come to Philly like it's always been discussed not just here but like that's discussed like in hockey circles all across the country. Oh, it's like, like a, it's a it's a thought. Everybody like, wants it's, to it's, go home. It's absolutely a thing. And come home, beca- Johnny. And because of that, like Goudreau makes I it think weird Kevin Hayes was part of sense. It. Well, yeah, I mean they're friends, they're buddies, they went to college together. But I mean a lot of it is just that like you know it's it's his home, yeah. and guys like to go home. Some guys do. Um, but I think that there's <laughs> an element of like if Goudreau got traded somewhere else, he would be kind of like a rental type. But if Gujar gets traded to Philly, it's like, well, you're trading for him because you know he's going to resign with you. So mm-hmm. there's an added degree got a of value there. Hackstall, by the way, what's that about Hack? I just crack and hire Dave Hackstall as first head coach. I just got an athletic notification on that. <laughs> All right, well, oh, glad glad our site's pushing it out. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> that. So, so because of that, Gujar, you know, unless the Flyers just don't like him, like they just don't think he's a fit for the team. But, I mean, he's a damn good player. I think he's a fit for the team. I, I see. I can see the personality issue they might have with him. But, fuck, I don't care. I just I don't think. Like, just I mean, give me the is, goddamn. Is there talk that, like, I've never heard talk that he's a bad guy. Me neither. No, not, not a bad guy. Uh, I just think, I don't even want to say personality fit. I just think, like, they are a team of serial underachievers, and the Flyers are perpetual underachievers. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to combine. Like, I wouldn't want to bring someone of that culture in and just be like, "All right, uh, you're with Kevin Hayes now. It's college. Have fun." Like, I, I think those two would be Richards and Carter. Which, mm. hey, that was cool. <laughs> it was cool. They were good, but also it led to you know. Uh, an explosion. That wasn't <laughs> Richards and Carter's fault. Well, it was the idiots no, in the front office. Let's talk about Tri Sure. Oh no, they're <laughs> having fun on the summers with girls <laughs> and drinks at the beach. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> at least these two will be always, like, always the Mike Richards defender. Till I die. They won't be, at least like these two won't be 23, I guess is that like Maybe. they'll be grown ass, they'll be grown ass men a little bit. Well, like they, <laughs> more more so than when Richards and Carter like Richards and Carter were children Fair. and they were like here's seventy million dollars what will you do with it <laughs> like they were young enough to not be creeps hanging out at temple frat parties <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, uh, what else do we I don't even know what what's left on this outline now um, I'm just I'm just so happy yeah. for Dave Hackstall getting another shot yeah I really threw the show we're off. all just over the joy over the moon for him. 
I can't. I just got the notifications too. Like it's sitting here, the one from the athletic, just sitting here on my phone. I'm like, like Charlie, I'm sorry this... to interrupt you there. It's just like it, the fact that it was official and we talked about it. Just like it's just unbelievable to me. I just like, take a bad player. Uh, so, They're not so going to the, clear cap for us. So the point I'll make about hack, and and this is something that I've always I've always believed, even going back to like the end times with Haxel. I don't think he's as bad as Flyers fans eventually came to believe he was like I don't think he's like the worst coach ever I don't think his systems are inherently bad but I don't think he's good or at least he wasn't in Philly and that became abundantly clear that he wasn't that good when Elaine Vigneault came in and like within one season turned the Flyers into a good team um and was pretty much I mean yeah they had they improved a little bit on the defense but like I don't know it's he Hack will have have to have improved a lot in terms of, particularly in terms of his player evaluation abilities to make this work in Seattle. Because, like, I get that it's the expansion drafts, they're probably going to have a deep team, but they're going to have guys that kind of stink. And Hack needs to be a lot better at evaluating which guys stink. Because if he's not, this ain't going to work. Well, that's like the front office has to do the job of not giving him like those toys for him to fucking fall in love with and leave, you know, the actual good shit at the bottom of the toy chest. Like, Charlie, you and I always talk about Moneyball. Like, remember when the manager just wouldn't play Billy Bean's lineup? So he's like, fuck it, I'll trade all the players you want to play over my guys. Like, like, just don't give him the toys. One underrated screw up of Hack is that, like, in retrospect, he ruined Pierre-Edouard Belmar. He ruined him. Because Pierre-Edouard Belmar, when he left Philly, became a good statistical player, and it became abundantly clear that the only reason why his numbers stunk in Philly is because he was joined at the hip to Chris Vandevelde, who was, like, an average German league player. player. Like, he wasn't even, like, a good good Euro player. He shouldn't have been in the NHL, and the guy played 81 games in a season, joined at the hip to Belmar, who, in retrospect, was actually good. Like, he's played a major role on two cup contenders. Remember on night 82 when they scratched him? He played in 81 consecutive (laughs) games. And, like, at this point, like, Chris Vandevelde was my personal enemy. And I was like, how are you going to fuck him like this? How are you... You it was a tro- it was like an ultimate troll move. Like it you're pouring like- sugar into his gas tank, and you're like, "Why would you do this to Vandevelde? Why would you scratch him?" <laughs> well, I've I've always said the thing How? that annoyed me the the thing that annoyed me annoyed me the most about that is that it, it took from us. Like we had to watch Chris Vandevelde for 81 games, and you took yeah. from us the ability to make fun of you for playing Chris Vandevelde in 82 games. <laughs> like if yeah, if, like, you're gonna, if you're if you're going to make us suffer through that, you got to give us the ability to make that joke as funny as possible. Yeah, I have to make the caveat now. Like 81, not a full season. I have to make the 81 straight fucking like it, it's just you know, yeah like like we can't it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as like and he was so bad he played chris vandevelde in every game of a season <laughs> that shit I, I i will say in dave hackstall's defense which no. i'll never that i'll never say on this show again i promise wow. like the first month he was here 
I thought the Flyers, like, suddenly were playing a fun style, which they just did not under Craig Berube. And then, in that month, uh, every odd man rush became a goal. So, I thought he had to adjust and make the team more boring, considerably more boring, because, like, every odd man rush can't be a goal if you're going to play pressure offense you have to have some sort of uh, confidence in in the one defenseman who's going to be in the two-on-one and the goalie, and rightfully so, he had none of that confidence. I don't think think Hack's systems, particularly his defensive systems, are bad. The one glaring flaw in his systems that he ran and his tactics that he ran in Philadelphia was the insane over-reliance on point shots. That was batshit. And that was the, the one low to thing high was like the thing that we was all, about that was their entire stuff. offense. It was their entire offense. Like it was all about, you know, getting tips and getting traffic and blasting away from the point. And it's just not an efficient way to create offense in the NHL. You just don't score that much. Now, maybe he changes that. And maybe, also, in, maybe in Seattle, he goes with a different offensive zone style. But in Philly, that was the style. And not only was it mind, mind-numbingly boring, it just didn't work. And, like, it, not only was it boring, but the reliance on these defensemen, like, yes, Ghost, especially the, you know, the first year and all that. But outside of Bear, it was like, yep, and we're setting up Luke Shen. Like this is this is what we were doing. We're, we're relying on these defensemen to produce offense, who were like the worst offensive players in the fucking league. <laughs> that was, and that's, I mean, that's the story of Dave Haxtall, just relying on bad players. But we'll see. Uh, this is, I, I'm, am I awake? Like, is this really? Is this actually happening? Did I sleep through the show. It's happening. Did I sleep through the show? And <laughs> pinch Bill Metz. He must I, be I, dreaming. I think. I really do think I'm the thing that shocked. the thing that shocks me the most about this is not that like it's not that Dave Haxtell eventually got a, another head coaching job because as Kelly said it was gonna he's, happen. he's now part of the hockey men crew and we obviously can mm-hmm. only choose from this select group we can't do anything that's actually outside the box because however will we survive if we do that um so I I'm not surprised he eventually got a job I'm just surprised that considering the other coaches that were on the market that they went with Hack. Yes. Because yes. there were definitely more established names with track records of actual success that were available instead of taking a flyer on a guy who really didn't succeed <laughs> in his first go-around. Is it possible that Dave Haxtall with a beard is a good coach? <laughs> that makes all the difference. Maybe that was the ticket. He it's, has a beard it's, now. It's very possible we could have some, yeah. like, you know, like, San- Sansom, uh, Sa- Samson shit here with, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he went. do improve most The longer his facial hair is, the more coaching, <laughs> the better he is coaching. How is, like, I know the Pacific is cold, but the waves are decent. How's the wakeboarding out Oh, there? he's going to have a lot of fun wakeboarding out I, there. I, I mean, I, I will. Bulk, big boat culture. I will give I will give Mike Sealski credit on this. Within seconds <laughs> after it was announced, he oh, no. retweeted his article and was like, and complete with pictures of him wakeboarding. Oh God, <laughs> oh, what that's is awesome. wrong with that man? God. Oh, that's awesome. God. I love I it. Mean, I mean I respect I the it. I How respect the this? troll. I respect the troll. Why is he like that? 
Can somebody just put <laughs> uh, Wipeout playing in the background during all this talk? It'd be perfect. I'll, all I know, like, you guys, you guys had me convinced, like, I was saying, well, maybe Vegas will, or maybe Seattle will do some dumb shit, and you guys were like, no, they're, no. they're going to really rely on analytics, they're going to be a smart front office, they're going to do the right thing. Like, maybe Dave Haxtell is a much better coach than I'm giving him credit. So, like, but, uh, there's no way this was the right choice. Toronto's there's defense no did get way. better, right? Like, ter- he was in, he was the defense guy in Toronto, and yeah, defensive penalty kill. It did improve. I don't remember what their penalty kill was like. I don't know, but I, I don't. I, I feel well, like know, the, the only way Ian this ends in this universe is for him to like win the Jack Adams. Like that's oh, the only oh, way. Jack Adams 100%. and the Cup the first year. The Seattle Hacken are gonna do it. Oh I'm, no, Steve, not I'm that. fucking the Seattle, Seattle Hacken. Oh my god, <laughs> is, is the Jack Adams? I'm I'm opening up DraftKings right now for the Jack <laughs> Adams market. I am gonna put. I haven't even signed this mortgage yet, and I'm gonna put it on the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and Captain Jake for a chick. Oh my goodness gracious! This is what a day. It would uh, nothing be nice can if ruin they took my day. Robert Haig. I mean, like we do need the cab space. But oh baby, Robert take Haig. Robert Haig. Yes. Oh god, He's no. Reliable in all three zones. They're gonna lead the league in Rel- hits if that happens. Actually, I'm, I'm shocked. It, I'm shocked it took me this long to think of it. What is Andrew McDonald doing? Can oh, they bring him back? Swimming. There's your Can captain. they bring he's him back? Swimming. I think he's We need that ass. veteran leadership on the top pair to drag down whatever good young defenseman they get in expansion. Vince like, I, Dunn. Vince sure Dunn. He needs that help. He needs that help. <laughs> he's going to be... He, Andrew McDonald is swimming in his vault of gold coins. Scrooge McDuck style. And he's... Uh, he can't probably play, but uh, I... I'd be willing to bet he's on the fucking coaching staff. I was going to say. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, coach... McDonald, Andrew McDonald did not play last season. His last oh, no, period of play. He didn't of, play of when play. he fucking played. His last season was in the Swiss League in 2019-2020 where he finished with one point in 15 games. That's I'm, right. think, wow. I'm thinking we got to sign him. I'm thinking the <laughs> Seattle Kraken got to sign this guy, got to bring him back over. I mean, however will a Dave Haxtall coach team survive without Andrew McDonald getting far too many minutes? <sighs> 23 it's minutes a night. It's the cornerstone of a system. Like, yeah, tw- like number one D pair. Here you go, Provy. Good luck. Oh my See, God. that's the thing. What like, when I think world. about it, like, he did not have the ideal He's roster. a bad coach. He did not. No, he did he not. He didn't. But. That said, he did not do the most with what he had. He regularly played worse players than he needed to because he decided that they were good. Like, I don't want to hear from Flyers fans that he's actually a good coach and that the Flyers No, like, it's just... I don't think... Kelly, I don't think you're going to hear from any Flyers fans that he's actually a good coach. I think you're going to hear from a lot of national people that he's actually a good coach. Fair. It's like, yes, maybe the Flyers only armed him with, like, a cap gun to to fucking defend himself, but then he was like, "What if I eat it?" Yeah. Like, you know what's <laughs> you know what's funny is that reading all of these releases, they say that he coached in North Dakota. They say that he was an assistant in Toronto. I haven't seen a single former head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, like, like not it a was one. An 
Oh, they whitewashed it that. It's not an abject it's not failure. It was an absolute failure, and I guess that we're just deciding that. He's a new coach. They got him straight from college. Yeah. Who, I, who I think my he would do in the NHL? Yeah. I, I think my general view of Hack in Philly is that I don't, like, Hack wasn't the reason the Flyers were bad. He wasn't the problem, but I also, he was not going to be the solution either. So it was like, okay, well, once, once Hextall's gone, like, why? Why is he still here? Like, you need to change it up. And, like, I think if you, I think if you give Dave Hextall a good, like, a true talent, good hockey team, I don't think he's going to dramatically drag them down. I just don't think he's going to dramatically drag up a team either. You know, you I, take I think he's, Ian, yeah, he's, he's one of those coaches that will make poor decisions that are going to and, and, and they all in do. a negative way. They all of do. Of course they do. I think he makes more. But he more. will do them more regularly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, like we were saying at the top of the show, like Montreal is a, a, a win away from going to the Stanley Cup final. And like they're healthy scratching Cole Caulfield to start the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. like, all, all coaches, all coaches are, bad. are bad. Yeah. All coaches are bad. Absolutely. Um, I don't even know at this point. Uh, Matt Dumba, are we getting him? I mean, they're, they're talking. They're, they've, they've definitely looked it into seems, him. I, I can confirm that. It seems very... Uh, I, I'm fine with that. Wouldn't they could use it. him. But, um, man, just making a trade with, with fucking Minnesota just seems like... Yep, this is the route we're taking. The we're only going to like yeah, this, this is this is what we're Bringing doing. Bringing back the good old days. Bi- yeah, exactly. We're calling up Billy G and this is this is this is all we're going to do is is this shit. It's like Don't want to take had, a risk. It's like no when they just had you... the David Poyle hotline on at all times. Like I think they just had a red phone that went just as straight to David Poyle for all their trade offers. Yeah. yeah. My my thing with we're... Dumba is not okay, the, the good of Matt Dumba for the Flyers very good offensive defenseman. So I actually, my preference to pair with Provorov is a more offensively oriented defenseman because I think Provy actually is better defensively than he is offensively. So that's good. He's got a bomb of a point shot, so he'd help the power play. And he's physical. Like, he likes to hit. And that would be, that would be cool to add that element. The negatives is, like, I don't think he's a great defenseman. I think ideally, like, he's a really, really good second pair defenseman. And I would like a player better than a really good second pair defenseman. But, like, he's good, yeah, they, so he'd help. No matter what, they need two defensemen. Uh, like, Dumba seems like the upper tier of the second guy that they need, mm-hmm. but they still need that first fucking guy. Like, so badly. Um, I know Charlie's got to run. We've been talking a while now. Uh, anybody have anything else? Oh, yeah, we're over an hour. I, I, my brain has been this totally Dave fried. Hackstall, I don't, I don't I got even nothing know what in my, I don't know. Today. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have a, a work meeting at two. I don't know what, I don't know what's happening I, anymore. My whole gotta, brain is just dead. <laughs> I, I got to sign it. a bunch of papers. <laughs> yeah. Dave Hack, like, I feel like I got scratched for Yuri Laterra. Like, <laughs> I, I am in disarray. My brain is ceasing to function because of what went down in these Absolutely in this hour wild. of recording this show. Dave Hackstall's the fucking coach of the Seattle Kraken. This is what incredible. a time to all be right. alive. What a time! I'm just glad we recorded that, when this happened. That's that's all. That I'm so happy. Pure Char- chaos. Charlie opening the show with that. I thought he was kidding. Like I, I, <laughs> this is it sounded like a. Joke. Then I got the alerts. 
this is uh, we have to wrap it up because I'm just going to be in in shock for the next 20 minutes if we don't. All right, that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you know what you got to do. You got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, you get this show. You get Fly Purbly with Steve Jaco. You get uh, the uh, what the hell is it? The checking out the competition when the season starts, post games. You get so much content, I can't even name it all. So do that, and uh, you'll be happy. You don't need to go anywhere else for Flyers coverage. I'd recommend you check out the Athletic, but like you know, that's up to you. Uh, that's it. I would recommend um, it too. Yeah, for Charlie, for Kelly, for Steve. My name is Bill Matt. Steph will be back next week. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys! The Flyers! Broadstreet Hockey Radio! Turn that shit up, you motherfucker! Broadstreet Hockey Radio! Got the best fucking sports opinions! Hockey is a sport! It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.